Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello, my friends. Rick Thomas here with Life Over Coffee. I am doing a series here called The Cyber Effect, and I am going to walk through eight of those cyber effects. This could be one of the more important series that you will hear because we, again, are all affected by technology. And so this is uh, chapter one of my book, by the way, get the book in our store at lifeovercoffee.com called The Cyber Effect. Real easy to find. You can download it. But again, eight cyber effects. This is the first effect I'm calling the real world effect because there is a discussion about whether cyberspace is real or not. Of course, we know what real is. It's a tactile place. But what about cyberspace? Have you ever thought about it? Is it a, a real space? I mean, you can't touch it. You can't taste it. If you were to make a case for cyberspace being real, how would you steal man your position? The arguments are compelling on both sides. Some say it's real, some say it's not. But did you know that there is a more straightforward way to cut through the debate? How about this? The next time someone is on their phone... Try talking with them. Here's the question. Are they with you or are they somewhere else, regardless of how you define that other place? We've seen this as texting and driving. They have proven in dramatic and horrific ways you are somewhere else when you are on your phone. You have been behind that person at the traffic light as you patiently wait for them to get off their phone so everyone can continue on their day. Most folks understand that you can't do two things simultaneously, not well. And regarding technology, if it's in front of you, whoever else is with you, then they are second fiddle. Technology not only isolates us in our cyber silos, our cyber chambers, but what it does, and you may not be aware of this, it speeds us up because the internet moves fast. And so we are isolated from everyone else and we are incrementally speeding up, creating a, a fast-paced mindset that tricks us into thinking that we must accomplish more faster because, I mean, we can multitask. At least that's what we convince ourselves as we, as we have multiple screens in front of us. I'm talking about the cyber effect. And this is the real-world effect in this particular chapter. And so not only does it isolate us from other people, even when they are in our vicinity, but it also incrementally speeds us up. There is no desire to eliminate hurry from our lives because we can do more quickly. I mean, you've had that feeling probably as you calculate which line in the store is moving more quickly so you can gain that precious extra two seconds. That's how we live our lives today, and the Internet does not help us. After we pick our line, then, well, we must leave the building before the other person who was in the other line, the one that we did not choose. Now, perhaps I'm only speaking to the men here. But we also find ourselves parking closer to the door so that we can get in and out more quickly because time is valuable. Our tech addiction, it plays into this problem. 
And it's also, it, it is almost imperceptible as our minds leave the natural world, leaves our close relationships, preoccupy, preoccupying us with the tyranny of the urgent. You see this on Facebook and other socials as people are just jumping from, from one uh, platform or, or one quote to the next. Those who build these platforms and devices, they understand our idolatries. And that's what they call gamification as they gamify their machines to entice the unaware. We eagerly watch the dots bubble up as we're waiting to see who's coming from cyberspace as our real-world relationships wait for us to return. Distraction and distance from others are the death knell to personal holiness and redemptive relationships. But then there's also another real-world effect, and that is the sabotaging of our memory banks. And so we are isolating from others. We are moving faster than we've ever moved in our lives and we're sabotaging our minds as well. You see, nothing sticks if more than one thing is competing for our mind's dominance. Our sanctification suffers. Our relationships do not mature, and the zeitgeist wins the battle for our brains. If you're moving from one thing to the other, liking this, liking that, liking the other thing, you're remembering nothing because that is not how sanctification happens. Sanctification happens in long-term memory, and in order for that to happen, we have to slow down. We have to reflect. We have to think on one thing and reflect on it often until it sinks down in our psyches. But we are moving very fast, isolating ourselves from relationships and sabotaging our minds. That's just three uh, real-world effects as far as cyber technology is concerned. Sitting still, being patient, waiting our turn, making eye contact, and enjoying a long-form, undistracted conversation with a friend. That is from an era when folks had, they had time to sit on their porch and enjoy the sunset and build a lasting relationship with a spouse or a family member or a friend or a neighbor. I had a pastor tell me recently, he said, Rick, have you ever noticed how por porches, front porches are smaller and they get smaller as each year goes by? They're not only smaller, but they're also barren places where we just decorate them. But our backyards, our back porches, they've actually have become decks where we have huge grills so that we can isolate from folks while drifting off into cyberspace. This is from my book, The Cyber Effect. This is real-world effect number one. Let me ask you a couple of questions because i got to get out of here. i got stuff to do. Number one, is cyberspace a real place or not? Of course, that's not the best way to make your argument. The real way to make your argument is the next time that you're talking to someone, are they with you or not when they're on their phones? Number two, what happens when you're talking to someone and their phone buzzes? Do they stay with your conversation or do they break off to respond to what is buzzing? That can be re really frustrating, and I hope you're not one of the people that you're in those meetings where you have to be looking at your phone. I know your phone is with you more than likely, but just turning it face down or leaving it in your 
briefcase or leaving it in your pocket would be wise. There is rarely anything so urgent. But again, life speeds us up. We live in this tyranny of the urgent as we isolate from our friends. Number three, do you habitually respond to your phone when it beckons? Even when conversing with someone, don't be that person. Perhaps you can think of a better practice. Number four, will you talk to a family member about your relationship with your devices? How, have it, how has it affected them, negatively or positively? And then finally, number five, what one tech change will you implement to slow down? and eliminate hurry from your life. This is from my book, The Cyber Effect. This is effect number one. I have called it the real world effect. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.